he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by 2for1pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Julia Tashiri and Luca Celebre with you. AB on his cruise, enjoying himself. We're enjoying the, the cruise photos that he's been sending, though they do make us a little jealous, especially on days like today. Oh, yeah. The freezing rain is nice. So, yeah, I'm cool with snow. It's December. We live in Canada. If you're shocked by snow, I don't know what to say. I'm not into freezing rain. No. No, it's just gross. Like, give Horrible. me a. I'm I'm into the white Christmas. Like, give me that. I I don't like the freezing rain. Um, I was like stressing this morning driving to work. I hate driving in it. Snow, Honestly, I'll do any day of the week though. Yeah, snow's fine. It's it's like we love hockey, but we don't want to be playing hockey not on a rink. You know, that's what it feels like when you're walking in the parking lot. You're just sliding everywhere. Oh, it's a gong it's, show it's here horrible. at Nine Channel Nine today. It's horrible. It is gong show. And everyone, to, to give you guys some behind the scenes context as to what is happening at TSN today, it is picture day. Um, <laughs> so just like when you send your children to grade school and yep. they wear a dumb outfit that you get mad at them for wearing, it, it's pretty much what we're all experiencing today, showing up in our dumb outfits and everyone telling you, like, you can't wear that for your on-air photo, and it's the whole thing. So a lot happening at TSN today in the midst of all this rain, and a lot happening in Leafs Nation. We're going to have Claire Hanna join us in the next couple of minutes. She's on the Leafs beat for the time being uh, with our pal Mark Masters being out in Moncton for Team Canada camp, and she's going to be covering the Leafs and the Rangers tonight at Madison Square Garden. That's a game you can watch on TSN 4 where the Leafs try to go for their game, sorry, for their 16th game in a row with a point. Very impressive. And that would be that would be the club record uh, and interesting concept, uh, context rather to that club record is that um, 0304 was the last time the Leafs went 16 games in a row with a point and that was also uh, the last time not not the last was that the last time they went to the second round of the playoffs but they advanced so. they advanced that year <laughs> <laughs> which is which is what you need to know. That's that's the hard hitting content from from that statistic is that they advanced that year and uh, and this is the longest winning streak since then. And um, so you're saying there's a chance? Like, are we willing to make that a stretch? Well, looking at the previous ones too, in 1950 and 51 and 93, 94, when they won or not won, but had points in 11 straight, they won the Stanley Cup in 50 and 51 and lost in the conference finals. So. Um, this has got to be just book it, take it to the bank. Leafs are getting past the first round this year. Put your money on it, baby. Put your money on it, and you can replay this clip when I was right, and... Thank me if you made some money off of it too. So they're they're going at least to the second round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, at least that's what history shows is that um, th- this win streak is a good thing, and, and hopefully tonight they can extend it and tie the franchise record for the longest team point streak. 
Uh, and that point streak has come for a lot of little reasons that have amounted to big reasons, just like we were talking about with Craig Button a little bit earlier on in the show. And, and I alluded to that one moment where Mark Giordano was out there blocking shots and, and being a hero, even though the Leafs were already up a few goals on a terrible Anaheim Ducks team that uh, didn't look like they had anything in the tank on Tuesday night. So this is what Sheldon Keefe had to say about Mark Giordano and his contributions so far this year and in that game. I, I think, first of all, he's made a career of doing things like that or doing what the game calls for in that moment and leaving it all out there. It's obviously a huge part of our penalty kill, which was which is where a lot of those situations would present themselves. But, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, we've talked about it a lot. He's, like, his will is off the charts, and um, he does whatever is required to keep the puck out of the net. And he does, and he continues to do that. And just like Sheldon Keefe said, he's uh, made a career out of it. And like, it's, he, I, I, I was, we can give love to Sheldon or for to Kyle Dubas for this signing, but man, just Geo deciding to sign for what he signed for is like, there, there's no GM in the world that can convince you to do that. You just got to want to be here and, and believe in this team and believe in the fact that maybe you can win your first Stanley Cup with this group. It's the ultimate Toronto discount if you're ever going to have one. Like, we always say, players want to play in Toronto. Like, if you need evidence of that, Mark Giordano signing for nothing to get a shot at winning a Stanley Cup, that's it right there. Yeah, just just his impact this year. Like, what else could we say about it with Morgan Riley going down, with TJ Brody going down, with Jake Muzzin going down? Like, where would this lead? Jordy Ben has been out. He He's still actually injured and unavailable. Um, but, like, where would this blue line be at without Mark Giordano right now? He's He's been pivotal, too, I think, in the way that Sandine and Lilligren have really found their game. They found it, both of them, kind of next to Giordano. It's so cool, his story, too. Like, undrafted guy. The best. um, Attended York University. Like, got a late invitation to to Flames training camp. And and from there on, it's just, it's been nothing but incredible. And, like, I, I love those kinds of stories. And to be able to come and play for your hometown team and not only that but like you've been you've been alluding to he's been the guy he's like, been the guy he's on the point to be the guy yeah. which is which is nuts like everyone liked the addition last year and loved that he was back on such a cheap deal but you don't envision him playing the role that he has like do they need to try and get him some rest before the I playoffs know. like not not rest but just play him maybe Maybe some smaller minute games. Like a 17 minute game now and then would be cool. Yeah, he's just munching minutes back there, and apparently he's been doing it very willingly. He thinks he plays better uh, the more engaged he is and, and the more he's he's in games. And that's been clear with his play as of late. Love that. Uh, Mark Giordano on a tear, Lisa on a tear. They're in New York tonight looking to make it a franchise or to tie a franchise record. 15 games where they picked up a point in a row. Marner will look to continue his point streak. And our Claire Hanna has a front row to all of it. She's going to be ringside tonight in the Big Apple. Claire, give us the update from New York at Christmas time. It is currently raining here. I, I hope it's like a magical <laughs> white Christmas in New York. Okay, not magical and white. <laughs> magical always, though. Okay, and there's the Christmas tree up at Rockefeller Square. I haven't walked by it yet. We actually just beelined it from the hotel to MSG this morning. Nice. Um, like, through traffic, Peter Bradley, our camera guy, like, had all his gear. And maneuvering that down New York City <gasps> sidewalks, I'm like, are you serious? But I'm like, okay, I'll be the bouncer. So, anyways, but no, it's really nice here. I think it's going to rain this afternoon. But oh, that's no. okay because, hey, the Leafs are playing at MSG, so it's a good day. It's a beautiful thing. 
Um, we're curious, Claire. You don't have to dump on the senators because the senators are figuring it out. But what is the biggest <laughs> difference right now between covering the Leafs and the senators? I, I was laughing at your Instagram story yesterday at the fact that the Leafs, the most extra team in the league, using different three different ice pads for their practice. Oh, like, does no. that stand wow. out as different? <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that was the first thing of like I'm putting this in my IG stories because they need three ice surfaces, and I don't want to call them divas. Yeah. But- I heard it was because, um, you know, they just want to have that fresh, clean ice for different parts of their state. So I kind of chuckled at it. I also chuckled at the fact that they have like a designated person running the playlist during practice, like putting the volume down when Shelly Keith starts speaking and then pumping it up when they're in the drill. You know, he's like getting special signals from somebody in the corner of the rink. Anyways, I thought that was funny, but... Okay, biggest difference between covering a winning team and a team that's sort of struggling. And, hey, okay, we've got to start by saying the Senators have picked it up a lot recently. Totally. Okay, so yep. I, haven't, I haven't been around them for a, a while. But it's actually almost harder to find storylines when there's so much consistency with regards to a winning team. I you know, yeah. like there's it's, – it's not like they're perfect, but you're looking for the small parts of their game. I, I take the first period against Anaheim two nights ago when – they were like allowing a lot of shots on net. Their defensive zone coverage wasn't as tight as it's been in previous games. And how after the game, they're like, yeah, okay, we won seven, nothing. But that first period, we can pick apart some details in that facet of our game that we want to improve. So it's like, you have to be so detail oriented on this team right now to figure out what some things standing out yeah. are, you know, cause you're like, Oh my gosh, goaltending's amazing. Okay. It's amazing again. Okay, it's amazing again. <laughs> like, what's leading to that? <laughs> totally. That's like, so funny. Sound like a broken record. Yeah. <laughs> must it must make for some interesting challenges. One thing I wanted to ask you about, though, the Tuesday's broadcast, your Dallas Eakin story, which was so incredible. Good. Did you expect it to get as much traction online as it did? Like, were were you expecting all of that? Wait, I didn't even know. Wait, I didn't even know it got traction. Who's oh, yeah. tweeting about it? Did Ryan Reynolds say something? No, not Ryan Reynolds, unfortunately. Just a lot of buzz about <laughs> Eakins and that that infamous photo at Maple Leaf Gardens. It was such oh. a good, or sorry, at uh, Scotiabank, and I guess previously Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Okay, well, I you know what's so funny is um, I happened to walk into the arena at the same time as him, and I'm like, hey, what's up, coach? And he was taking a photo with his iPhone of that photo. Oh, um, that's amazing. Of, yeah, and so I was like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Is that just a, an old buddy of yours? And so he's like, here, I'll tell you the short version of the story. And so he told me as we took the elevator down, and I was just, like, listening so compelled because it was so fascinating. And I wish, I, I mean, I hope he was okay with me sharing that on the broadcast because I, I usually like to confirm when coaches tell me something like, oh, hey, can I use that yeah. as a bit? Mm-hmm. But we, we just, like, and I didn't see him again to get to confirm, but... We talked about it as a group, and we thought it was fair game. And, I mean, it's a kind of a cute story. So, um, yeah. But I just think it's really ironic that they just moved the photo um, to a different part of the arena. They just took it out of the team room. But they're like, oh, let's, we'll stick it up in this like section of the concourse where Dallas <laughs> might never see it ever again. <laughs> the first thing as he walks in. <laughs> it's a hilarious troll job. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Claire Hanna on the phone right now, usually on the Sens beat, but replacing our Mark Masters right now on the Leafs broadcast. So what is... We, I haven't been around the group in a while. I was kind of at practice earlier in the season. How would you describe just the energy around the team right now and, and all their success? So I would have thought it would be a little bit more upbeat and excited, but they're sort of serious. Ooh. And 
Yeah, and that's where, uh, you know, when you're trying to get to know a team's culture, it takes a little while. And I've, you know, covered, I'd say, three or four of their practices right now. So I'm still very small sample size. But um, I guess I would have thought the the atmosphere would be, like, a little bit lighter. Ilya Samsonov, when he had that shutout um, against Anaheim, and he came into the scrum after holding the belt, he was like, yeah, like... I've been working so hard or like, you know, I was waiting for the time I'd get to have this. That was really funny. And he was light and having fun with the media there. But for the most part, the other guys, like, I guess, I think have been taking like a business tone, which I think that's got to be an optimistic sign because right now this is where, I mean, I'm going to give you guys an analogy that sometimes coaches use, but Let's say we got a barn, okay, and we're farmers. Yep. We're making hay all season, okay? And you're putting that hay in the barn, and you're slowly filling up the barn, okay? And you want that barn to be full by the time that, knock on wood, playoffs come around. And then come playoffs, you are emptying the barn. Like, you are eating that hay. You are putting it on the, the table. But so right now, I think what's serious about this team is, like, they're, this is when they're combining. Like, they are in the fields working hard to fill that barn up. And it's the work they're putting in right now that will hopefully for them play dividends in the long run. And so I think that's why my opinion, like that's why I think they're a bit serious because this is when the business gets done. I like that a lot. I like that analogy. I feel like whenever we talk about teams that just haven't had that success in the playoffs, it's always like we just got to wait till the playoffs comes and it can be like a long season of just waiting and waiting. And I imagine the players probably feel that way too. But one thing that's different this year for this Leafs team is a couple of these streaks and Mitch Marner specifically. um, He's looking to extend it tonight to 24, which would be one back at Crosby, two back at Patrick Kane for the longest of this century. What's the chatter from the players been like around the streak? Do they talk about it a lot? Do they not want to talk about it and avoid jinxing it? Yeah, so like I I asked Mitch about that today and I was like, I drew the short straw. I'm asking about it. He kind of like gave a little smirk because he knew it was coming. (laughs) But I actually just asked him, I was like, do you think players are defending you any differently? Because if I'm noticing like a player on a hot streak and you're like statistically speaking, he's probably going to score or get an assist as as the opposition, I'd be keying on that a bit more. Mm-hmm. But he just gave an answer, you know, dodged it, saying, well, I think every team defends our whole team pretty tight because they, they do have really strong performances from all lines. Um, Justin Hole was asked about it, though, and I love this. He's like, we don't want to talk about it too much, you know, like because I don't think they want to ruin the streak. And they're like, he's just doing his thing. Let's let him keep going. Um, you don't have to mention anything. He's a great dynamic difference maker regardless of the scenario. Uh, but I feel like maybe internally they're, don- they're not wanting to jinx anything by talking about it too much. I know. I get the same way on the radio, honestly. I'm like, oh, gosh, i got to talk about it again today. I don't want to ruin it yeah. for Mitch. I don't want to be exclusively responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're with Claire Hanna right now, who's on the beat with the Leafs in New York. And Morning Skate went down to... Today at 11.30, I heard Sheldon Keefe had a bit of an update on uh, fallen defenseman Morgan Riley, Claire. Yeah, he said that um, he's, like, tracking to possibly be on the ice fairly soon. Um, but he also didn't, didn't say much about when we can expect to see him back. So it sounds like there's some optimism. Um, I'm just trying to look for the exact quote here. Um, he's starting to feel better. And apparently these last few days, they've been really positive for him. Um, and so the return to skates is imminent, but still a ways Ooh. away from playing. Love that. Yeah. Um, potentially yeah. some help coming back on the blue line. Yeah, that would be great yeah. for this team. I'm just, you guys, I'm just bearing all. I'm telling you all my secrets. So I love it. I love it. You're getting scooped here. 
but um, the first time I went to practice at Scotiabank Arena, I like went in the wrong door. Okay, I was a rookie, and I I definitely didn't go in the right entrance, and I found myself like I was honestly kind of lost in the building. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I went around a corner and I look in a room and there's like all the guys working out, including Morgan Morgan Riley, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and. I was like, tr- like trying to look at how he was moving. <laughs> You're looking at the mobility. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm so creepy right now. But I'm, I'm gonna be honest. He just looked like he was having a good workout, like everybody else. And then I'm like, okay, before I get in trouble and they take away my press pass, I've got to get out of here. So okay, but that's a good that'll... scoop. That is a good scoop. Working out off the ice, uh, our, our insider yeah. Claire Hanna on the phone right now. I like it. <laughs> What just going off of that though? Have there been any arenas that you've been to that are just like a maze that you find difficult to navigate around, or like your first time there, you're just like, where am I going? See, I what find Scotiabank pretty bad in terms of maze. I do too. Yeah, I would say you guys every single arena the first time you're there, <laughs> it's hard to navigate. <laughs> every single time, even here, I'm in MSG and I'm sitting in a just a media room right now. And um, our camera guy left because I'm still working here. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, oh, crap. How am I getting out of here? Oh, like, great. I'm going to end up in some room with, like, I don't know, is Jimmy Fallon going to be there? Like, who am I going to run into in the hall here? Yeah. I don't know. But, so, I, but yeah, Scotiabank Arena, I actually just, after I had that little run-in with the, the, let's call it the workout room, I just stayed put. And I'm like, I'm going to sit here. I'm sending a photo of where I'm at. And somebody can come find me and tell me where to go. I, yeah. just, I was, like, hugging a tree. You know, but instead I was like hugging the random bar down out downstairs. It's but the no only beer way. on tap. It's the only way yeah. to remain safe. Um, I almost yeah. followed Julian Brisbois into the into the oh, lightning yes. dressing you room last year before. because I got lost. It was so embarrassing. We were coming off the media elevator, <laughs> and I thought I, I was following a kind of bald man. I was like, cool, he's got to be with the media too. Then when he turned around and said, ma'am, can I help you? I was like, ah, you're not media. You are very much not media. Um, <laughs> just continuing on uh, updates from Sheldon Keefe this morning. He, he gave a kind of a preemptive plan, Claire, on what he was going to do goaltending-wise. It was, even though Samsonov had those back-to-back shutouts, he was going to go Murray tonight, and he's going to go back to Samsonov on Saturday. Do you, do you get the sense that they're really invested in this plan that they have goaltending-wise and they're, and they're really liking the way it's working? Yeah, I do, because he's brought it up a few times now that he doesn't want to have any goalie go on an extended run. He wants to just do this back-and-forth thing. And if, if it were the case that somebody starts struggling, then they're going to switch it up, I think, and maybe go to one guy a few more times. But for right now, I think it's good, healthy competition. I also think, Julia, like, let's look at the matchup here. Okay, it makes sense that Matt Murray goes back and forth tonight, but Ilya Samsonov, he's going to want to play against his former team. Let's call it that revenge game, going back to Washington on Saturday night. Like, that makes such perfect sense in this um, schedule. But, I mean, personally, as a team, I think it'd be cool to just have goalies go back and forth too, right? Like, yeah. let's keep testing them. Let's keep having them work. And Matt Murray yesterday, when we talked to him uh, before they headed out to New York, he said right now is a really valuable time to get practice opportunities because when you're rotating back and forth, like he got, I think, a bit more time. Like he'll probably get some more time tomorrow to practice in New Jersey because he knows the next day's off so he can kind of give her. Um, and like Ilya practiced a little bit extra yesterday because he knew he was going to have tonight off. So they can work on skills that they normally wouldn't get to work on when they know they have to do these extended runs. So I think that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, I feel like they have it down to a science right now. Okay, everything rolling with the Leafs right now. Claire Hanna on the beat. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you find your way out of, out of the media room and, and to where you need to be. 
Thank you, guys. And I just for the record, I didn't take a photo in the scrum of Matt Murray because I'm never taking another oh, scrum photo of him again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the best picture of all time. Did, have you ever talked to him about that? No, and I wanted to apologize. It's funny. It's just, it was... It's not like I filtered it, you guys. It was just a weird it was the lighting. thing that my camera did, I think, with like, and I was zoomed in really hard. So they put a lot of extra, like, shadows on his face. And I have a really bad photo of um, another player. Who was it? It was Nick, maybe, the next day. Anyways, <laughs> but um, it was like, I'm like, okay, I got to stop taking photos in this media room. But I would have loved to apologize because people are like, you did him so dirty. And I'm like, I didn't mean to, but... No, I haven't brought it up. If I see him in a hallway, I'll, I'll apologize, okay? I feel like he'd get a laugh out yeah. of it, honestly, especially with all the <laughs> I success. I feel like would. it's a good time to bring it up now that things are good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Okay, Julie, I'll do it for you, if I, and I'll tweet about it if I, if I talk to you okay, about Okay, thank you okay. so much. Claire Hanna, everybody from New York right now. Thank you, Claire. Bye, guys. Oh, that is awesome. Could, do you know the photo that there was? Oh, yeah. It was last year in the middle of pure disarray for the Ottawa Senators. Matt Murray in a post-game press conference. I think he was fresh off like an AHL stint. Like, it was bad. And Claire was just going about her business. She took a photo of him. with. A, I will say she zoomed in a bit, and that, that never does anybody any, any favors. But not like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to look like and that. And essentially, that photo sparked so much online because people were thinking, is he sick? Is he healthy? Like, what's going on with Matt Murray? But really... Uh, it was just an ugly photo of him, which must have been very disheartening if he saw it. Like we were just talking, we have picture day today. Imagine if the lighting turns oh out God. like that. <laughs> I would be, I would never let anyone see those photos in Matt Murray. Everyone saw that photo. Poor he Matt looked like Murray. he was in shambles. I mean, hey, that's what he looked like. That the, the camera doesn't lie. I guess. Oh my God! Yeah, poor Matt Murray. Claire Hannah's the best though. She's covering the Rangers in the Leafs tonight game. You can watch on. TSN 4, and on the other side, we're going to hear from the other end of tonight's tilt. Johnny Lazarus will join us from New York. For now, it's Julia Tashari and Luke Celebrity. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Matthews has done it again! Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Okay, Leafs Lunch continues here on TSN 1050. Julia Tacheri and Luca Celebre with you for the next half an hour or so. We're going to have Johnny Lazarus, host of the Blue Crew Pod, on with us in the next 10 minutes here to tee up this Leafs-Rangers game that you'd watch on TSN 4 tonight. Uh, should be a good one as the Leafs try to make it 16 games in a row with a point to tie a franchise record. And Mitch Marner looks to make it 2-4 tonight. Um, okay. We talked to Darren Dreger earlier in the week, Matt Cause and I did, uh, that day that Gary Bettman was at the Board of Governors meeting and was like just the sassiest person on the face of the planet that day. I don't know what, what, what Gary was on that day, but he was the he's king always. of sass. Yeah, he's always kind of sassy, but I think he has this 30 years on the job swagger about him right now. <laughs> so he was extra sassy uh, on Tuesday. And... Uh, let's just play this clip from Overdrive. Darren Dreger was on Overdrive yesterday, and he gave a little update uh, as to what Gary Bettman exactly said about the playoff format and the way it is right now. And I think we played that clip yesterday, and Gary was really dismissive about it. He said, nobody wants that. You guys keep asking for something nobody wants. This is what Darren Dreger had to say, though. It's always the awkward pause right before the clip plays that that really gets it's me. curious you know he, he doesn't want to dive too deep into explaining 
why he's so opposed. You know, he was pretty blunt. He just said, why try and, and fix something that isn't broken? I mean, that was the essence of uh, his explanation for not considering the plan or expanding the playoffs. And, you know, what's interesting about that is that there obviously is more pushback from his bosses the owners of the National Hockey League. But I can tell you this, you know, as Pierre O'Brien kind of alluded to yesterday, he, he went through a dozen or so of governors who, you know, participated in the meeting, and it was 12-0 and 0 in terms of those who would support that. Who wouldn't support that if you're associated with the club? I mean, you're in the entertainment business. Uh, you're trying to make money, obviously, and, and, you know, whether it's a play-in or some sort of playoff expansion, that is going to generate more money for the owners and the league, and then by extension, the players. So, you know, at some point, Commissioner Bettman is going to have to explain in detail why he is so vehemently opposed when you've got the rest of the league and the owners of the National Hockey League who would happily endorse it. It's weird hearing the owners disagree with Gary Bettman because Gary Bettman is like the king of the owners. They kiss his feet because uh, he keeps so much money in their pockets, for lack of better words. Uh, so it's strange that, of course, the owners want this, this play-in round of the playoffs because it would make them a, a ton of money, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what the owners of, of major sports teams are looking to do. It's just weird that he won't get into any detail as to as to why when when... Like, he's sitting up there saying nobody wants this, uh, and every fan poll we've ever seen, and then Pierre Lebrun goes and pulls the owners, and, and they want it too. Do you want it? Yeah, like, I, I, I Gary Bettman said something along the lines of, the, the first round of the NHL playoffs are the best thing in sports, and I completely agree with that. Uh, sometimes I think back to that bubble season of the playoffs when it was summer, and it was hot, and... I was at my boyfriend's place in Muskoka, and there was and there was hockey all day, but it was also warm. It was the best time of my life. I don't know if I'll <laughs> ever get back to being as joyful as, as I was. It was incredible. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs are incredible because there's so much parity, more so than in any other league. Like an eight seed will mess, will will upset a one seed way more often than it happens in other sports. So I completely mm-hmm. agree with that, and I don't think a play-in would change that. I think it would add to it. So yes, what do you think? I, I like the idea of a play-in, and obviously we've seen it in every other sports league. Like this is the NHL just being last to the party because just hosting the show. Like the last two months last year, we're like, yeah, the Leafs are going to play the Lightning, and and tonight they've got a game against the Montreal Canadiens that we have to analyze. So I guess my thing would be I'd rather see the playoff format change and go back to what it was one to eight and True. change up some of these matchups as opposed to the play-in style game because I don't know. I I just feel like. I'm I'm really not into it in the NBA either. Like, if you're going to expand playoffs, I think just expand playoffs. Then, like, don't don't have a play in. Just be like, okay, we're expanding. Two more teams are going to make it in. Then, right? Or whatever the case is, whatever the number you want is, it's just more opportunities for teams to make it in. And in hockey, more so than any other sport, those teams can upset anybody because, like you mentioned, the parity of it and. We've seen it in other leagues where MLB has expanded playoffs, NFL expanded playoffs, NBA, they've got the play-in style. So the NHL is kind of last to this. I don't know if I want it, but I would also like a reasoning from him explaining why he doesn't want it and why the owners are wrong in this case to want it and just give us something other than, no, it's a dumb idea, we're not doing it. Yeah, I see, I'm not going to say he sits up there and he lies, but he definitely sits up there and decides his own truth. And I'm, I, it's just confusing to me. My, sure, you can want to play in, you can not want to play in, but I would say that the overwhelming majority of people would like to see it. 
when your owners want to see it, you, you kind of have to consider it because they're the ones that own the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I dislike when he gets up there and just says, no, because I said so. And that's what yeah. this feels like. Uh, oh, something else felt like that. The board ads, when he was talking about the board ads. There's that so much discourse online about, hey, like, you shouldn't have a car flying around the boards when I'm trying to follow the play. There, yep. There's some, th- some things people are too nitpicky about, but when there's a, a digital puck flying around the boards on these digital boards while the actual puck is in play, it becomes a little confusing. So for him to sit up there and say, it's not an issue, we polled our fans, it's like, what fans did yeah, you poll? Who I, did you poll? These aren't fake people that I'm, I'm seeing uh, complain about these things every day. So I dislike mm-hmm. when he goes up there and just says, no. Because I said so. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, the only thing about the play-in that is is kind of like the evidence for me where it's like I, I hate it is Montreal's playoff run and Stanley Cup run, where basically we kind of saw it in the bubble with this. It was it was a play-in, but it wasn't a play-in. Montreal should never really have been there. They didn't really earn a playoff spot that That's an year, interesting point. and then they were in the Stanley Cup final and they lost to Tampa, and clearly they were the worst of the teams and. They haven't been back or anywhere close to that level ever since. They got hot for two months in an unprecedented season. So that could happen with any team. I just hate to think that like we're expanding for the sake of money and giving teams that wouldn't normally have this opportunity an opportunity to get in the playoffs and upsetting a team like... Like, I'd rather an 8-seed upset a 1-seed than, like, a 10-seed upset a 1-seed for just because, like, yeah, we expanded it, now they're in, and they could get hot for seven games, make it in, knock out the Lightning or the Avs or the Leafs, and then, all right, it's they're out next round. Yeah, that was fraudulent and terrible. and It was horrible. Ultimately, one of the worst two-week periods of my life. We but. were all just <laughs> waiting for them to get eliminated because we knew it was going to happen at some point, and they never did until the Cup Final. It was ridiculous. And then that was, like, the worst Cup Final ever. And then they got the first overall pick the next year because what everyone was saying, they weren't deserving of being there. Yeah. They weren't one of the two best teams in hockey that Harry year. Harry Price, though, what a run, baby. And uh, we'll, we'll always remember him that way. Okay, Johnny Lazarus will join us on the other side to tee up this Leafs-Rangers game tonight for Julie Tichere and Luca Cilabre. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Just keep it safe with me. Anything you say will always stay with me. No Welcome back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tasheri and Luca Celebre with you. We're going to have Johnny Lazarus join us in the next couple minutes here to tee up this Leafs Rangers game tonight at Madison Square Garden in New York. Uh, it's on TSN 4. You can watch it there. The Leafs and the Rangers have yet to meet this year. Um, I guess you can kind of compare their seasons, uh, Luca, if you think about the fact that both of them got off to hiccupy starts. The Leafs got it on the rails a lot faster. Rangers on their, this is their longest win streak of the season, I think, with, with four games in a row here. Did not go according to plan to start the year with, uh, went to the Eastern Conference Finals and then it's kind of slow to start. We were, <laughs> I feel like 
every time I talk about the Rangers, I just think back to the summer where we were just we just kept calling them frauds. We just every chance you we got, we kept we, calling like them frauds. Like it wasn't almost exclusively you. No, it was me and Corwin. So there were two of us at the very least. Yeah. And Shashurkin was just keeping them in everything. And he's kind of had... I mean, it's not that he's playing bad or anything. He's still one of the top goalies as far as, like, expected. Yeah, it's so saves. funny. I was like, oh, yeah, Shashurkin. And, and if Al's brother was here, I, I'd be remiss to not say bleep Sturkin at least once. Because that was, like, the nickname that Al's brother thought was so funny. It's, but it's a good one. 916 save percentage is... Not as terrible, I don't think, as everyone is, is no. feeling it is. But there's high good. expectations on this guy who won the Vesna last year. Exactly. And, like, it's it's just uh, more evidence to suggest that, like, goalies year to year, it's, it's an interesting thing. And even the difference from what his numbers were at last year to 916, pretty substantial when you're talking about just how many games you're going to win in a season and whether you're going to be in a wild card spot and you're the top of the division. Yeah, totally. Um, Mitch Marner will look to extend his streak to 24 games tonight. Um, would you say this is... I'm just thinking about the last stretch uh, and when this point streak started and, and if tonight might be the toughest test he's faced thus far when it comes to keeping the streak alive. Maybe. I, I guess just because of Shesterkin and Rangers are a pretty good team, but they too just get they get caved in quite a bit and give up a lot of Why, chances. Why, though? Like, I don't understand it. I, I, this is this is just how they play. Like I don't know. I I like. It's funny because I like a lot of their defensemen individually. Like I love Adam Fox. Love Keandre Miller. Um, Truba is not having hard, a though, great eh? start, but yeah, as a unit, it's just something about their style of play. Like they know they have Shosturkin back there, so maybe take more chances. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is because I haven't watched this team enough, but. Let's ask a man who might know. Yeah. On the phone right now, Johnny Lazarus, host of the Blue Crew Pod. Uh, Johnny, how's it going today? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Any day of the week, my friend. We're doing good. We're, uh, we're shooting it back and forth right now about this game tonight, Leafs-Rangers tonight. You guys can watch that on TSN4. Uh, Leafs looking to extend their point streak. Mitch Marner looking to extend his point streak personally. Uh, I don't know how much personal you'll, insight you'll have on this, Johnny, but, but how much do you think those couple point streaks uh, will motivate the Rangers tonight. Do you think they're aware of the fact that they can really spoil a party with Mitch Marner being on this hot streak, or do you think they're more focused on extending the streak of their own right now? I'd say they're more focused on extending the streak of their own, but that being said, there is nothing more fun than ruining someone else's fun and totally. ruining their point streak. But but speaking of point streaks also, Panarin's on a six-game point streak of his own. So I don't know if we knew about that. Maybe that's a narrative going in for the Rangers. Who knows? Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, Leafs had a slow start to the season this year, and I feel like it's safe to say they've turned it around. Are you feeling comfortable saying the same thing about the Rangers right now with their four-game tear? So I think the Leafs run here over the last month or so, probably you know a, a little more than that. I think their last ten games, when they won nine in their last ten, probably probably more uh, over the course of the month. But the Rangers, I think, are a little different. Some of the wins have been a little more fluky than than Toronto's, I'd say. Like. You know, if we're really talking about it right now, gun to my head, who's the better team? I'd probably say the Leafs right now. Um, you know, and that's just me being honest. But that being said, like, who do I trust really more? Right now, I, I'd trust the Rangers a little bit more just because of that goaltending and just because of the experience that they have. Like, you know, Mika Zibanejad, Panera, and Kreider, you know, kind of speaks for themselves. And, you know, obviously, I'm not going to talk about the playoffs and stuff, but, you know, <laughs> 
it's just, you know, it's such a, a beaten drum, but, um, you know, I think Tavares obviously comes in with a ton of experience and some guys in the back end as well, but Matt Murray and that too, obviously, but I, I think the pressure is still more on Toronto than it is on New York. Um, you know, so I think that kind of goes into this game as well, where the Rangers are on home ice and, you know, sure, they're on a four-game win streak, but I think the majority of people right now are talking about Toronto. So I think that just adds a little bit more pressure to Toronto's game tonight, especially Marner as well, when you mix in that 23-game point streak. You mentioned fluky wins. I think the, the discourse around this Rangers team and going back to the playoffs last year has always been about Tristurkin and how far he can carry mm-hmm. this team because of some of the advanced stats on them and how they play as a team and the chances they give up. He's been great this year still. Not obviously at the Vesna level we saw him at, but do you think he's kind of worked through some of maybe those early season struggles where he wasn't having as much success as we saw last season? Oh yeah, his last his last um, three games have been great. He's only allowed five goals in his last three, and I think he's just feeling the puck a little bit more. Where you know the Rangers actually did a pretty good job this season at outshooting their opponents, which last year you know was not the case. Last year they were getting peppered, and he was kind of feeling the puck you know twice the amount he has been this year. And I think it just took time for him to get into his rhythm, and you know obviously the, the team is not necessarily so different, but when you do, you know, plug in certain guys in, in areas they're not used to playing in, like when you get rid of Cop, Vetrano, Mott, um, you know, Braun on the back end, and you give more responsibility to younger guys, it does take time for them to figure it out and feel comfortable and feel confident in these new roles. So I think that kind of trickles down throughout the lineup and it could go into the goaltending. And, you know, I think, what are we in December? I think it's still very early in the season. And I think everyone kind of knew that Tristurkin was going to be able to find his game at some point. Yeah, and find it he has. Okay, I can't decide if I want to ask you more about the kids right now in, in Cabocago and Alexi Lafreniere, if I want to ask you more about Jacob Truba. The kids had such a oh great... I know, it's like we only have so much time right now. Uh, the kids were so good in the postseason run last year. I'm like the biggest Lafreniere stand in the world because I covered him in juniors. And I think he has such a high ceiling. What's... What's uh, more concerning to you? The fact that those couple kids haven't taken the step that you thought maybe they would after that postseason run last year, or Jacob Truba's struggles to start the year? So, <laughs> Luca, I'm going to take a shot at our good friend Jesse here. Oh, um, no. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, listen, I, I kind of was guilty of saying that the Truba for Pionk trade, I couldn't believe that we got Truba for Pionk. Um, but, you know, the case has kind of changed a little bit this year. Uh, but Truba, I mean, to me, like, Truba was signed, $8 million guy, and he came in to be somewhat of what Adam Fox has become. So, you know, when, when the Rangers first signed him, I think everyone was, you know, so happy, so pumped about the Truba signing, and he was brought in to be that number one defenseman. I guess that doesn't really shot at Jesse, but, uh, you know, to be that number one defenseman and to produce points. But, you know, all of a sudden, the third-round pick, not necessarily comes out of nowhere, but no one thought Adam Fox would make the impact that he's made to this point in his career. And now it kind of takes that pressure off of Truba, and he's not really the offensively skilled defenseman that we all thought he was. And I think, you know, that kind of was the expectation going into his tenure as a Ranger, and maybe he's getting used to this new role himself because everywhere he's been, he's kind of been that guy who has to, you know, provide some offense as well. But now for the Rangers, he's you know, a little more defensive-minded, and, and it's kind of affecting the way he plays with the puck. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm not one to, you know, bash any players, but Truba's puck decisions haven't necessarily been so fantastic this year. He loses the puck a lot, turns it over a lot, but then again, he makes up for it with his physical play, and I think 
you know, a key part of this Rangers turnaround the last four or five games was him fighting twice against the Blackhawks, of him just stepping up and, you know, being the leader that the Rangers were looking for in the first quarter of the season. Um, so I, I think it's just him trying to find this new role and figure out who he is because, you know, it's still an adjustment, right? Like, you play a whole way a certain life, and then, you know, that role is kind of not taken from under you, but you have to adjust and learn, and, you know, under a new coach, and there's a lot of different changes. You guys know how it is. I'm sure, you know, I think you guys both played, right? So there are a lot of adjustments to, to be made in your career when, when you're faced with that, and, um, you know, I don't know if that answered your question fully. We can talk about the kids also, but I think there's just a little added pressure on Truba this year because that C was thrown on his chest. Definitely. And he's playing in New York, you know, so a lot of pressure makes total sense in conversation with johnny lazarus host of the blue crew pod before we let you go um now that we've talked about our hockey career yeah we want to talk about <laughs> yours and you noticed hockey db it looks like you played at umass correct me if i'm wrong were you on kale's team i'm a huge abs fan so i just wanted to ask if you have a good kale story i also went to high school with mario ferraro so i know him a little bit oh, as no well way. yeah yeah he he was he's a few years younger than me but went to high school know some of his cousins and his family really well so yeah I, just a story if you could leave <laughs> us with one of those because i've been itching for it yeah i heard you're a big uh, broncos country let's ride kind of guy oh yeah. no not this year uh, not this ride. year stop it <laughs> So I played, so Kale and Mario, Mario I'm still like super tight with, like I, I love Mario. Kale and I don't talk like as much, you know, obviously these guys are pretty hard guys to reach, but um, yeah, so I was there, their freshman year was my sophomore year. I ended up transferring halfway through that season, but I lived across the hall from Kale, so we spent a lot of time together. Kale was a big fan of the office, and um, you know, a story that I could tell about Kale McCarr. Uh, I mean, it's so tough. Like, he was such a pro just, like, on and off the ice. Like, he, he really was, like, you know, he came in and honestly, like, funny enough, my first day back on campus sophomore year was, like, his first day on campus ever. And I thought, like, because I was, like, late to the training uh, that summer, I thought the guys would, like, you know, like, be happy to see me, but no one even talked to me that day. Everyone's wanted to talk to Kale. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I don't, like, have any, like, funny stuff. I mean, I guess he hates if I talk about this, but... His, uh, like, rookie talent show, he, like, made up a rap. And he's actually a pretty good rapper and kind of, like, roasted the whole team. It was really funny. I, helped, I actually helped him write a couple lines. But, um, yeah, no, he I, I forgot, like, what his, like, rap name was. But uh, he put on a good performance in front of the whole team. And, and it was a good laugh for all of us. I love it. Got to be something vegetable-related if he has a rap <laughs> name, right? Like, veggie, I don't know. I, I don't want to say something embarrassing and not funny. But thank you, Johnny, no, so much. Veggie yeah. tales, yeah, I don't know, something good. The, the veggie stuff started when he got into the National Hockey League. That wasn't really a thing in college. His we, name's we, we Kyle. Called him Ki- we called him Kyle. That is hilarious. Okay, <laughs> that that. that honestly counts as a funny story. Thank you so much, Johnny, for taking the time. I saw you're going to be in the building tonight, so enjoy the game, Rangers Leafs. Thank you, appreciate it. I'll have a beer for both of you. Okay, have two for me. Perfect. Johnny Lazarus, host of the Blue Crew Pod. Uh, Just finished teeing up Leafs Rangers tonight on TSN 4. And to continue with that, it is not Al's brother's School of Degeneracy. It is Matthew Cause's School of Degeneracy. Time now for Matthew Cause's School of Degeneracy. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Good afternoon. Great job, Luca. Great job, JT. Thank you, Matt. 
Time now for Al's Brothers School of Degeneracy, but it's Matt taking over, so it's a private school. It's a fan, one of them fancy schools where everyone has to wear outfits <laughs> and ties, which were mostly clip-on ties because who could tie a tie at nine? Anyway, um, first up, Alexander Ovechkin. He's going for, uh, he's chasing after Gretzky, but he's super close to Gordie Howe. I'm going to take over three and a half shots tonight. He registers at minus 154. Moving over to the Leafs and the Rangers, my YOLO bet is I think this game goes into overtime tonight. You can bet that on FanDuel at plus 320. Rangers and Leafs, these teams are hot, defensively responsible. I'm seeing overtime. And finally, how can we not talk about Mitch Marner? I say he does something on the power play. So everyone out there, put five bucks on him to get a power play goal. Put five bucks on him to get a power play assist. If he gets one or the other, you're going to make money either way. And that is Al's Brothers School of Degeneracy, starring Matt Cos. Thank you so much, Matt, for that. Okay, Leafs Lunch brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. That's it for today. Thank you, Luca, for hopping on with us. We'll see you again tomorrow. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it at tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gameplay is up next.